0: Taking Belmont Clarkson wasn't going to be easy for Sage Alexander, for several reasons. One, she didn't want to. To an outsider, the dependency Belmont had on Sage appeared to be one-sided. Over the course of the road trip from San Diego to New York, she'd fielded several sympathetic looks lobbed in her direction. To the other Clarkson siblings, none of whom were left in the rattling suburban as it lumbered down the highway, It probably seemed as if Belmont merely used Sage as a crutch for his anxiety. Every time he teetered a little too close to the edge of his comfort zone, Sage would get bundled up in Belmont's big arms and rocked until he relaxed. They didn't see Sage's need for reassurance, too. They didn't realize she stockpiled those moments in Belmont's arms like a hoarder, memorizing the sensation of being anchored the feel of his hard chest beneath her cheek, his heart laboring in her ear. When she was growing up, those moments of solace had been non-existent, so she'd allowed herself to accept Belmont's, until now. Now she had to stop. Unfortunately, cutting off the growing dependency they had on each other meant welding shut Belmont's escape hatch. In order to escape, herself. And ripping off this particular Band-Aid would take ten layers of skin along with it, right down to the bones he'd invaded. They were only five miles from the train station now, five miles to convince Belmont to pull over and leave her there, continue driving to New York alone, where he and his siblings would fulfill his mother's last wish by jumping into the freezing water of the Atlantic on New Year's Day. Something she desperately wanted to witness, but knew all along she wouldn't. Sage closed her eyes and went to a happy place. Long white satin aisle runners, strewn with pink and red rose petals, proud fathers walking their daughters toward the altar, faces freshly shaven, the joyous strains of organ music cueing the congregation to stand and marvel over the bride. If she squinted, Sage could see herself in the back hall, clipboard in hand, marking off her checklist. No more, though. No more fairy tales and flower arrangements and flowing gowns. Had she earned the right to escape inside those things? Just beneath the polish of her new life, the real Sage a grimy-faced girl from Louisiana, never stopped reminding her of the answer. She had a responsibility to attend back home, one she'd neglected long enough. In order to make it right, she needed Belmont gone. Panic lifted like an elevator in her sternum, lodging against the base of her throat. Would he be all right? Would she? Ever since that first wedding she'd planned for Peggy, Sage and Belmont had fed each other's need for contact. Severing it would be like choking off a mighty oak's water supply. There was no other way, though. If Belmont knew where she was headed and why, he would go berserk. There would be no calming him down to explain. There would be no talking him out of helping. And she knew Belmont better than anyone. She knew the kind of help she required would kill him. Belmont? Sage whispered. Can you take the next exit, please? As always, he'd gone on high alert the second she spoke, hands tightening on the wheel, back straightening. So intense, so much. His energy spun like spiked boomerangs around the suburban, all of them careful to avoid her. You're hungry, Belmont said, slowing the vehicle. No, she twisted handfuls of her dress in her hands, even though Belmont's eyes were sharp to catch the movement and remain there. No, I need you to take me to the train station. Back in Cincinnati, right before they left Peggy behind, she'd almost confessed everything, almost exposed all her skeletons. But the two of them maintained a balance, He'd been too off-kilter after losing his third sibling in a matter of weeks and, hesitating to confess, had bought Sage enough time to come to her senses.